the city. I got the whole car rocking. All I need is that green light, and there ain't no way we stop it. We got what you want. We got what you need. Obviously, yesterday was your first game in Rip City playing. Uh, what kind of emotions ran through your head as you're checking in, the crowd's roaring, and it's against your former team, or one of them? It was actually a little weird because I've been with the Blazers like almost 15, 20 days now, and it was my first home game. But I th it was awesome to see the old, uh, old. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're going to sleep after that. It was amazing to see all the, you know, the crowd was going crazy. It was actually like, a, it was like a playoff game. <laughs> and uh, it was definitely, it was so cool to see all the Blazers fans finally cheering for me, not for me, you know, because I was come here to play against the Blazers, but now it's finally cheering for us. It was amazing because once you get the crowd baby, behind you it's, it's over you know because it's the Blazers fans obviously one of the craziest fans in, in the league and then uh, it, was, it, was, it was I was excited and nervous at the same time yeah you know, as a Blazer fan I was just happy that your offense were rebounding for us and not the other team for once because I've seen you do that plenty of times yes. against us and it really hurts uh, but like you said you've been a Blazer for a couple weeks now you just had one home game uh but you're already in the community. You've been here for two days in Portland, and you're already in the community speaking out uh, with with the youth. Uh, what made you want to do that? It's, well, especially you, youth is our you know our future. Uh, I just want to. I mean, not just play. You know, just I want to be able to play basketball. And when I'm done with my career, I want to look back and say how many people, how many hearts I touched. You know, how many people I inspired. That's the most important thing. So whatever, it doesn't matter wherever I see that I go. I try to definitely do so these kind of events. Especially, I mean, the, the schools are the most important thing because of the education. And um, obviously, you know, this is our, this actually uh, was my first uh, appearance in Portland as a Blazer. So it, it, it was been awesome, and then all the kids were so excited, and uh, it was a fun time. Yeah, it really, I think it speaks to your character that you know, first day landing, pretty much, you're out here with the community because a lot of guys be like, "Nah, I want a week or two to get settled in," yeah. but you're just like, "No, sign me up." <laughs> I actually, I actually moved into my house yesterday. Really? It was my first day. Yeah, I just unpacked my stuff. You know, just got some food and and learned how to get the prep facility, and it's my second day here. Well, welcome to Portland from everybody at Blazer Gang and. You know, your favorite food's cheeseburgers, I heard. So uh, whenever you want to get some good burgers, we got to connect with Killer Burger and we can definitely set you up. I think they already got offered me some like- You got set up for the Yeah, or so something, I don't know. Cause they offered me uh, some kind of yeah, like a sponsorship or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm like, this is, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm not going to try. Yeah. And uh, another question, kind of piggyback, piggybacking off the last one, uh, but the message today was love and courage. Uh, why is that message so important to you? Love and courage, man. I mean, that's what, I mean, if we just talk about love, courage, you know, just standing up for the right causes uh, uh, and then, you know, just go out there and just um, stand up for what you believe. I think it's very important to all these kids learn this, this kind of stuff and then you, uh, early age so once what they get older you know they will be on the you know, right side and then obviously we're talking about courage and love and education and you know just uh, you know the democracy of freedom i think it's, it's definitely important to learn in a middle school so i mean once when they get old then you know they will have a better idea of what's going on yeah i totally agree with that uh, and speaking of like standing up for the right thing uh we saw Senator Ron Wyden, mm -hmm. you know, put his uh, his statement out there today. Uh, how did that make you feel? Did it make you feel welcomed here in Oregon? 
Man, it just, I definitely feel amazing because right, I was, you know, obviously after the loss last night, I was kind of like depressed and stuff. And then this morning I was about to go to practice and I saw his statement. I was like, man, this is, this is incredible, you know, because I just moved into my house yesterday, just becoming uh, uh, in a Blazers family yesterday in Portland. And uh, I think as a see that it just shows what kind of guy he is. And as a U.S. senator that uh, supporting a non-American, and obviously that is just, it just shows me a lot. And then I left, I think we're going to go meet him soon, probably this week, not this week, next week. And then I just want to shake his hand and shake his hand and thank him personally. Yeah, as somebody who's met him uh, personally, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And I expected nothing less than for him to, you know, make a stand on that early. Uh, but before we close this out, because I know you got a busy schedule, uh, our slogan at uh, at Blazer Gang is Rip City on the ass. So can I get a Rip City on the ass on the tape? Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't cuss. Okay, I don't cuss because of the kids. Rip City on their behind. Okay, that's that. Rip City on their behind. Yes, that's that's better way to put it. I love it. I love it.
What's up, Blazergonians? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Blazer Gang podcast. It's been a few weeks, but we're back and we're ready to roll. I'm your host, Boyd Urban, here at Henry V Events on a beautiful Sunday, March 24th. Listeners, make sure you're following us on Facebook at Blazer Gang, at, on Twitter at Blazer underscore gang, and on Instagram as official blazer gang also leave us a review and hit that subscribe button on spotify itunes or google music we got a lot to cover this week with uh, cj's injury which we all know about by now uh the recent three game win streak and a uh, six and one over the last two weeks uh the playoff positions are far from settled in the west uh but we also want to hear from uh, from our fellow fans remember if you want to be featured on an upcoming podcast Hit us up on social media as the playoffs inch closer. We'll be reaching out to more fans more often. Uh, you'll also want to keep an eye out for some of our watch parties that we're working on during the playoffs. Now, without further ado, joining me today in the studio, our resident statistician and uh, big dookie, apparently, Wang. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your bulldogs, though. Hey, U-Dub. Uh, U-Dub dogs. Yeah. yeah Huskies. U-Dub. But uh, you probably feel, you're probably feeling good after that Duke finish. Yeah, man, Duke is Duke. We uh, got it in the end right there. That was a little scary, but that tipping honestly should have went in. UCF UCF should have won that game. But <laughs> we live to tell another day. It's easy to say that when you won the game, though, <laughs> right? <laughs> also sitting across from me, we have uh, MC Northern Lights, Chris. Chris, how's your March Madness brackets going? Man, March Madness is crazy, you know. After that first night, my bracket was busted, you know. <laughs> but I still got my Tar Heels in it, you know, Tobacco Road, you know, rivalry mm-hmm. over there with mm-hmm. Duke Blue Devil mm-hmm. over there. But uh, it was good, man. Good to be back in the studio. So you got UNC Tar Heels winning. Yep. Wang, you got Duke, Duke every year. Swimming. Every yeah. year. Yep. Meanwhile, I'm going a little bit off the rails. I picked Tennessee. So we'll have to check in on this conversation next week hey, uh, to see sleep, where everybody that's stands. Sleeper. That's, that's, a that's what team. I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, I looked at my final four and I had all ones and I'm like, all right, let's, let's mix <laughs> yeah. this up a little bit. Right. Uh, but March Madness aside, I want to take a minute and remind our listeners that this podcast is sponsored by Killer Burger. The burger of the day today was the classic burger with March Madness in full swing and the NBA playoffs right around the corner. Killer Burger is the perfect place to catch a game with locations all across the Portland metro area. There's bound to be a location near you. So go check them out. Stop in. Tell them Blazer Gang sent you and commit to the burger. Well, guys, uh, like we said in the intro, we got a lot to cover. Uh, we've been gone for two weeks. Uh, I think uh, something, something happened during that time. Uh, somebody crossed a recent milestone. Mm. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yeah, Dame, man, he he went in second place all time on the Blazers scoring list, you know, passing uh one of the one of the past Blazers, you know, of he, recent history. He who shall not be named. We won't, you know, it's bittersweet. But uh yeah, Dame, man, he moved into second all time scoring, man. Uh, over what, twelve thousand five hundred points right now in yep. counting. So yeah. Climbing the ladder. I think it's I thought it was funny that at the same time when Dame's about to pass Aldridge on the on the list, we saw that report. Uh, came out with like the quotes of LaMarcus saying like, yeah, we've talked about it, like coming back and finishing my career. And it's like, how convenient that they came out, you know, within the same like two or three day span. Uh, but let's, let's talk about that for just a quick second. Like numbers aside, I know we've got a really messed up cap situation and things like that, but numbers aside, if it was possible to keep, you know, our core Nurk, CJ and Dame and add LaMarcus maybe next year somehow through trade or whatever, is that something you guys would want to see? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, they already have chemistry. LA, CJ, and Dame already have chemistry from prior history. And I think what they what did Dame say? He wants Aldridge back was what he was referring to. Um, he would love to see him come back to the Blazers. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of LA. I, I love his mid-range game. Um, you know, at the end, stuff happened where maybe the organization didn't uh, see both eye to eye, but I, I would love to see LA back here. Yeah. I mean, me too. Like, I know we've probably all had that conversation with somebody at one point over the last few years. Like, Oh, imagine if we had LaMarcus at the four, like he's exactly, exactly what this team needs. We need that four. you know, LaMarcus, you know, he's almost unstoppable at that four position. You know, that, that high block, that turnaround jumper that he likes mm -hmm. over the shoulder. So, I mean, if he came back to Portland, I would, you know, welcome him with open arms. You know, <laughs> I know we did like a, a Twitter question the other week, and um, it was yeah. mixed reviews with it the fans. It was very mixed, very mixed. very mixed. So, I mean, me personally, I would like him. I, I like for him to come back. Yeah, that's, I would take Aldridge back for sure. At some point, you got to get over your own, you know, ego and pride, and just accept somebody who's going to make your team, you know, better. But uh, what, what's that saying? If you love somebody, let them go. If they come back. If they don't come back, they weren't sure. If they come back, then it's something like nah, that. You know. I've never so, heard of that. So you know, we had to let we had to let Lamarcus go, and if he comes back, he was always ours. <laughs> right, and you know, so far it's been for the better. You know, yeah. we haven't missed a playoff since he's left. That's you know, true. So. That's one one other funny thing about Lamarcus is I remember during the end of his tenure here in Portland, one of the things he took issue was with was playing time at the center. And you think about it, if he was here, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be asked to play the center at all because oh, no. we have Nurk. And that's kind of what he's doing in, in San Antonio. He's playing a lot of center minutes. So right. it's like that was one of his biggest issues yeah. you know, with Portland. And now that's what he's getting in San Antonio when mm -hmm. he could have the opposite here. Funny how life works out sometimes. And sometimes <laughs> the grass isn't always greener, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's true. So another interesting fact, uh, it took Dame – two seasons less than LaMarcus to catch, to uh, get to that number. Uh, and about a, almost, you know, about 110 games, 112 games less mm -hmm. than LaMarcus to get to where he's at. So he, he's doing it at a quick pace. Uh, so who, who's number one, Chris, on the scoring? Oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Clyde, the Clyde Drexler. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now let's go to our uh, statistician here. I know you did some numbers on this. Oh, yeah. I, I crunched down some numbers. Uh, I think Clyde had something like somewhere around 18,000 points. Dame's right now at like 12,562 or something. Mm -hmm. uh, he basically needs 5,332 more points to pass Clyde. And I was basically um, averaging some numbers out. Let's say that Dame averages 25 games 
the rest of his next three 25 seasons. 25 points? Yeah, 25 points. I yeah. Like, I hope he gets yeah. more than 25 games. 25 points for <laughs> um, the next three or four seasons because he's still, what, 28, 29. So he's, um, he's still at his peak. He's got legs. Mm. Yeah, so I divided, I basically divided those numbers, barring injuries, of course, and he mm. averages about 78 games per season. Um, so he needs 213 games or around two points or 2.7 seasons worth of uh, NBA games to pass Clyde for number one on the Blazers all time scoring list. Oh, he's got that. You know what, though? I'm just thinking about that could get real interesting because like you said, barring injuries and things like that and his numbers have to stay up. But that's about the time when his contract's going to come up and it's going to be, you know, that could be right on that line of like he, he resigns. He's going to be the leading scorer in Blazer history. Or if something happens and he, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, he goes somewhere else, he might just be right under that number one spot. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. Um, I, for one, would like to see him get there just because uh, I love Dame. And I also, I'm at the point in my life where I'm tired of all these records being held by guys that I, I never really watched. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, come on, like I want to be, I want to be the old guy that's like, I remember Damian Lillard. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> and even then with uh, Dame, he's averaging what 26 points right now. So I think he could keep up that scoring yeah. average for the next couple of years at least. Easy. Yeah. You know, he he's scoring at will. He gets his bucket whenever he can. So I, I could see him passing the great all-time Clyde the Glide Drexler. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, and you could just like simulate that within five seasons too where you could be yeah. averaging like 15. Yeah, exactly. Right. Then, Stretch it out, yeah. less points, mm -hmm. more years. Yeah, so as long as he stays important, he's going to get it. Yeah. You know, there's, there shouldn't be any doubt in anyone's mind about that. Uh, and uh, with with guards in general in the NBA, he's fifth in in scoring, which I thought was pretty surprising. Yes. Wang, did you dig that one up? Yeah, so just... Um, he's top five in scoring point guards, um, on the current, um, current available players that are on the, in the league right okay, now. Yeah. So the people that are ahead of him, Tony Parker, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and then Steph Curry. <laughs> one, of, one of those seems like they don't belong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, you know, props to him. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. He's been doing it for so long and that's why he's up there. I think he's at like eight, Tony Parker's at like 18,000 something. Chris Paul's at like 17, Curry's at 16, Westbrook's at 18,000. Incredible. Yeah. Because I remember I had, a, I had a friend back in like fifth grade and his favorite player was Tony Parker. And hey, he's Tony, still playing. Yeah. Hey, Tony was the guy though for that little championship run yeah. though, with, with San Antonio. Each of them. Yeah. <laughs> they had they had like a, a little two, two streak run and they had another one like, exactly. you know, eight years later. Oh, another thing he's, uh, he's right up there with Clyde Dame. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, is 30 points and 10 assist games. He's, he's got mm -hmm. 19, so he's tied with Clyde for first in Blazers. And that is kind of one of those obscure stats. That I know nowadays, like, stats are so involved that people will find anything. Be like, oh, he had 28 points, seven rebounds, and six assists. On a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on <laughs> yeah, a Thursday. Know. On a Thursday. <laughs> but, uh, but that's a pretty solid one. 30 points, 10 assists. That's a good, you know, that's not, not, not some crazy stat. Uh, but 19 times he's done that in his career so far. I do want to add, I think Trey Young already has like five this year. <laughs> okay. Does he yeah. really? Yeah. Man, yeah and Trey. there's a lot of people like um, supporting him as the rookie of the year, like Kyle Kuzma and all that. I've heard, that. I've heard yeah. some some takes on that. It's just, I mean, Luca. I think the thing is that like Luca came out hot 
Yep. And it's Trey is like ending hot. Right. So it's like, which, which, what do you get more stock in, you know? Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm, I'm going to give it to Luca the Don, you know, because he's been <laughs> the hooping Don. all year, you know? <laughs> so even then, he had like a triple double the other night. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. Luca's nice with it, man. So I mean, I'll, I'll give him props on that. Just think about that shot you hit in Portland. Like falling oh, out, God. falling into yeah, the bench. Nasty. Like I saw that, and I was like, "Yeah, he's rookie of the year." That yeah, was he, nasty. he's rookie of the year, man. Like, no, down. no disrespect to Trey Young because he's gonna be a great player too. But I saw that, and I was just like, "That, that guy's different." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. giving a step. I think there was. Uh, it might have been. It was a Mino or Mo, and he gave just like a vicious step back three. Yeah. And I was just like, "Damn, that's a good defender too." <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, Luca, Luca's cool, but you know. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll see how he does, you know, over the course of his career. So yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, going back to the Dame's thirty point ten assists um, games, he just needed two points and one more assist last night against the uh, Pistons mm -hmm. to break that record. So so it was almost there. He's he's getting close, and yeah. you know he's got a lot more load on his shoulders with McCollum out, and so it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he gets you know another thirty and ten game. In the oh, next yeah. ten games, yeah. Uh, assuming that McCollum is out for the rest of the the rest of the regular season, mm -hmm. uh, which is easy segue into our next topic. CJ McCollum goes down with the injury to the uh, popliteus. Uh, forgive me, I'm not a medical doctor. I've never uh, heard think, that term. I think you said it correctly, popliteus. <laughs> I've popliteus. never heard that term in my whole life. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, something to do with your knee, some kind of tendon. Uh, strained it uh, against. The Spurs, right? Yes, mm -hmm. correct. Uh, we everybody jumped to the worst conclusions. You, you know, if you're a Portland fan, you know what happens with knees here. It's where it's yeah. where knees it's, go to break. We, we, we shall name no names, but <laughs> it's it's historic. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, even my myself, I kind of was freaking out that night. Like, oh man, that could he could be done for the year. He could be done, you know, into until next Christmas. Like, mm -hmm. depending on what the injury is. What were you guys' reactions when he went down? Um, you know, my heart stopped. I, I'm not going to lie. I saw it and then he just like mm -hmm. folded up underneath the stanchion, you know. And he didn't get up. And didn't get up. So I was like, man, please, please don't let it be, you know, anything serious or severe. But um, I just felt bad for him because, you know, that that previous week he was our leader, leading scorer for the past like three games. Yeah, he was up balling. Up to that game in, um, in San Antonio, you know, he was, he had 26 against uh, the Suns and then 35 against the Clippers. And then mm -hmm. I want to say 23 against the Pelicans, you know, and all those were wins. And he just had like a good, a good week. And then he just went down and I was like, I just felt bad for him. Yeah. You know? And it, you could see like the psyche in the game, because like you said, we won three games going into that. And then we get to the Spurs and we're playing pretty decent. And then he goes down. We end up losing that game. It was like the air got taken out of the team. Right. You know, that like, I don't know, the intensity that they had kind of left the building when that happened. Yeah. Uh -huh. um yeah i was i was looking up i'm sure I, I think they saw the twitter someone put like a research thing of um how many people searched up the popliitis journal thing? <laughs> Poplidius. Poplidius. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not a doctor. Uh, Popovich. I think that's what it is. Popovich strain. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went on YouTube and I found this seven minute clip of uh, this doctor describing <laughs> CJ's injury. And he said, it's not a common, it's not a common injury. Uh -huh. And I tried to look up, you know, current or recent NBA players that have had this and I couldn't find anyone. So, um, if you guys have, if, if you guys find some like common, common player that also had the same injury, we can try to 
maybe connect it together. But for now, I, I still not sure how long CJ is going to be. I mean, it, 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 it is a rare injury, yeah. but, um, you know, a clip did surface yeah. of him practicing. Yeah. Day, yeah. So it looks like he's, he's moving. Up on his feet, yeah. He's, so. he's moving, but his mobility is just so, it just shows that he still has so much to do. Yeah. He's got a lot okay. of stuff. Yeah. He's going very slow. But his, here's the thing. He went from, you know, being carried off the court to, you know, a soft brace in the practice facility doing one-on-one -on -one drills. And he wasn't going full speed. You know, he wasn't, there was no contact drills or anything like that. But just the fact that a week away from what we thought might've been season ending, mm -hmm. yeah, he's doing some, you know, set shot shooting and stuff in the gym. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. I, I don't expect him to play this regular season, uh, but I think he could be ready to go. Uh, by the time the postseason starts. But here's the thing. The one thing I did get out of that YouTube video, the seven minutes he was explaining in very scientific <laughs> terms, which I didn't understand. But the one thing I did get away from that video was that you want to make sure that, that the injury is 100% because mm -hmm. it'll come back to connect to the ACL and MCL oh, and everything. Yeah. So honestly, I will, yeah, I, I would, you know, take caution with that and maybe... If we if CJ's not at hundred percent, I wouldn't want to risk it for next me, year and ongoing. Yeah, me either. Um, that's why I'm I'm just holding out hope that he's gonna be okay. But again, like if it's eighty percent going into the you know a series in the first round, if we feel confident, if we keep you know finish these next ten games strong, you might just say, hey, take a seat for these first two games, first two games of the series, get a little more time, and then reevaluate if you're really gonna need them because the rest of the team is stepping up. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, Dame's balling out. For sure. Which we all expected, but everybody else is filling their role. You know, I think there was like a clip where they asked Dame about like who needs to step up or something. And he's like, it's not, it's not one guy that needs to step up mm -hmm. to fill his role because if somebody fills his role, that's another role that's empty. Right. What we need is everybody as a team yeah. to just elevate a little bit, a little bit better, you know, like two more points off the, for, you know, Cantor or mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple more rebounds for, you know, Nurk. And with that, you know, you know, Dane's been carrying his load. He's picked up his scoring and, and the assists. You know, he's yeah. almost averaging what thirty and ten, thirty yeah. and eleven I mean, assists last, since he's know? since CJ's out. Uh, these are Dame's numbers: thirty and fifteen, thirty-three and twelve, twenty-eight and nine, all wins. And he's shooting over fifty percent in all those games. Yeah. So he's not rushing. His he's not like taking shots that weren't there from before. He's mm -hmm. making sure that you know he's going with the offensive flow that is given to him which mm. is really nice because I, at first when I thought CJ's injury was going to be, um, when CJ was gone, I thought that Dame would, you know, maybe take more E like not, not thinking about his shots too much and like kind of rushing kind of like hero ball. Yeah. But he's been, yeah, he's been able to shoot at a high rate. So, and, it, and the thing with Dame though, he really lets the game come to him. Yeah. Like yeah. me personally, when I watch him play, like he doesn't really force too many things like shooting or whatever mm -hmm. and I, I was at the game uh, when it was playing against the Pacers when he had the 15 assists and when yeah, I tell yeah. you that like I didn't know he had that vision I know he had one play like he was on the right side it was a screen and roll I want to say with uh, Nurk and he just whipped it around Miles Turner I, I remember that play like yeah. I was like okay Dame like yeah. Dame Eyes stepping in the back up of his head. yeah like um like Dame's been stepping up even uh Seth you know mm -hmm. when Seth's been what getting 10 or no 11 20 and 16 in these last three games. Yeah. So like Dame said, you know, it's a team effort. Yeah. Everybody has to step up. And Seth, he's really been one of the guys that's been stepping up his play. 
Yeah, and to piggyback off that, that was going to be my next question: is uh, who are you guys most impressed with? Uh, for the, I mean, it's only been three games, yeah. but everybody's been playing a little bit better. Uh, I know you talked about Seth. That's kind of who I would go with. Wang, do you have anybody else you want to mention in that? Um, I did also have Seth, but I mean, we can also look at Aminu. Um, mm-hmm. Aminu's offense has um, gone up too. He, I think he had 22 points last game, which is a new season high, and he wasn't taking uh, uncautionary shots, except for maybe that one of those shots at the last uh, fourth quarter game. And then the two games previous to that, I think he had like 14 and um, 12 or something. And I think we were talking about, someone was talking about how like, you know, we want Amino to be consistently getting like those 10 points, not the 20 points one game and then mm-hmm. the four points the next game. So he was able to do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just looking at the stats from these last three games, I mean, like we said, everybody just did a little bit more. Rodney Hood's, you know, had 11 points against the Pacers and then, uh, you know, he only had eight against Dallas, but then Cantor stepped up and put 14 off the bench, you know, mm. with Curry's 20 off the bench, you know. And then we can't forget about Harkless, though. He's been consistent, man. Like, yeah, 11, starting 10, 10. Starting to so. even out. And he's, uh, the one thing I like about Harkless mm. is you can really tell his knee's comfortable because he's doing the things that he wasn't doing early, like getting in the passing lanes. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting a good one, two steals a game just by reading the, the flow of the game and, you know, dropping down when, when the defense expects or the offense expects him to hug the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last night against the Pistons, uh, the Pistons early on were like, you know, we're not going to let Nurk kill us inside. They were helping, helping a lot on pick and rolls. But Harkless and Aminu were making those outside shots you know, obviously Dame was, and that made the Pistons kind of change. Okay, mm-hmm. we can't help as much inside, which then let Nurk do a little more, and it, it all kind of spirals off one another, bounces off each other. But that's why it's so important. We saw last year against New Orleans in the playoffs; those guys have to be able to hit that shot because it's oh, yeah. going to be there. Yeah. It's going to be there. It's just a matter of them if they can make it. That's you know, it's a win. If they can't, it's a long, right. long game. In, in the playoffs, man, you know. That, that culture report, the scouting report, like teams are going to hone in on Dame and CJ, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. So even if we have, you know, Seth stepping up, that's going to be major, like Hood, Aminu, you know, Harkless. Like we have multiple guys that can step up and get the job done. So, uh, man, it's, I'm, I'm liking our chances. I'm liking our chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said you were at the Indiana game, right? Yeah. Uh, an interesting thing for the uh, Indiana game is I know our last podcast, we told you guys a little bit about Ron Wyden, uh, Senator for Oregon, and how he's speaking out on uh, Ennis Cantor's behalf. Ron Wyden actually was at that game. They did a little uh, interview with him, you know, during the broadcast. Uh, he met with Ennis Cantor before the game and, uh, you know, just to give him some support. So we just want to keep our listeners updated on that because that's a live situation and it's 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 changing all the time with you know new facts coming in Mm. and actually have a quote from what wyden said oh nice um he said here in rip city we push back against bullies we expose them we try to make sure the world knows what kind of sleazy tactics they're using i told mr Cantor, as oregon's senior senator and oregon's guy on the senate intelligence committee that i'm in this fight all the way because we're a community that values the rights of free speech and free expression and we don't walk away when a bully comes in and tries to shove around one of our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, that almost sounded like a like a commercial. 
right. <laughs> like here in Rip City. Yeah, Anti-bully. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it though. I love it because that's a serious situation and you know, we gotta we gotta stand up for what's right. Exactly. Oh. Uh, but the uh the other games this week, uh we had the the Dallas game, you know, Dirk possibly his last time in in Rip City. Uh everybody assumes he's retiring this mm-hmm. year. Uh and there's a nice little quote from him post game. He said, uh, "I I just always remember this being a basketball town. The fans, the way they get behind their team and get loud when their team makes big runs. It's a tough place, and they've always had really great teams year after year. A little bit of a praise from from Dirk. We've had a lot of battles with him throughout his career. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Mr. One Legged Fadeaway <laughs> Jumper, Seven Flate." <laughs> German guy, you know. Shouts out to Dirk, man. Uh, adjectives there. Yeah, Incredible man, that's, career. That's that's how you got to describe him. Yeah. But um, yeah, Dirk, Dirk won all time greats. So I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I remember the one year when they won the championship. I yeah. think we they came through Portland. Yeah. yeah, and I think we were the only team that gave them, you know, the A most run. trouble. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, yeah I mean, we did. We ended up losing four to two, but yeah. I think we we had like the best competition for them that year. Yeah, we did. I remember that because. That was like my saving grace after after the season ended. I was like, well, at least we played them tougher than everybody else. Right. I mean, including, you know, the, that was Miami's first year, you know, together. Yeah. Was that and, the return of B-Roy when he got that injury? It? When he, one of the games he brought us back. I know that was against the Mavs. Yeah. I thought that was in, in the playoffs. I think probably that was. was. Yeah. It probably was. Yeah. I mean, though, that couple years span, you know, it was so many games that, you know, B-Roy... Hmm. Was, did his thing yeah did his thing mm-hmm. you know buzzer beaters and dropping i don't know 40 plus points or something but uh yeah no uh dirk man i'm i'm, I'm glad he's retiring i think it is time you know <laughs> anybody who watched him thinks it's time <laughs> yeah so he but, did help us out yesterday in the warriors game though he, he did oh yeah drop 21 gave oh yeah gave the warriors a little one two or two one <laughs> mm-hmm. uh followed it up uh saturday 23rd that nice win against detroit at home 117 to 112. Aminu coming in with a season high 22 points, uh, which that was huge. He had that nice little putback at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, or was it a putback? I don't remember. It but was buzzer beater. It was a loose the, ball, uh, some shot clock. Yeah. And, yeah. So. and a nice little like seal, ceiling shot right there. But uh, I didn't get to watch most of this game right. It, it was my wife's birthday. Shout out, Angel. Happy birthday, love. But uh, mm-hmm. we're, at, uh, we're at Fire at the Mountain, right, with our little group watching the game. And I kept asking the bartender, like, hey, they have one TV there. I kept asking, like, hey, there's a Portland game on. Can you get it on? And they're like, oh, there's uh, some people down the bar that are watching the March Madness game. And it was it was just ending, right? And I'm like, this game's already done. Like, we don't need to watch this anymore. But they wouldn't change it. And then she's like, oh, well, I'll check in a little while. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, it's like, you know, some random CBS show. Uh, you know, some like drama series. And I'm like, yo, can we get this yeah. change? There's a Blazer game on. It's a fourth quarter right now. So finally she changed it. And that was about three minutes left in the game. So right when right when it got changed is like when Dame and, and Blazer started to make that little run, he hit that and one four-point yes, play. That was mm-hmm. clutch. I was hyped. I think yeah. I I think I screamed in 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 the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's all right because it was a Saturday night, so nobody really cared. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, actually, Kennard made two key mistakes for the Pistons. One was fouling Aminu on the three-point line, and then uh-huh. that second one was 
when he uh, fouled Dame for that four point play. Yeah, he really checked him too. Yes, it wasn't like, him. oh, that's a that's a weak foul. That was like <laughs> Dame looked no, like he, he hit a wall. He knew he was right. wrong on that second one. The first one on Aminu, he was like throwing his hands up, like what? I didn't touch him. But and that's the thing. I saw I saw a photo. Somebody posted on Twitter, and it was like, why are you complaining against this call? And it was a photo of of his hand like that on Aminu when Aminu is releasing, and it's just like that is. That is a blatant foul, and you're yeah. going to try and argue it? I think over the course of the year, man, I think players, they just forget, you know, what play that they were at. And yeah. Like, man, that's not a foul. Like, yeah. I'm like, man, you you delusional if you don't think that's a foul, man. So, <laughs> exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't know what Luke was thinking, man, yeah. but you you fouled my man Aminu, man. You fouled him. Yeah, I'm all for guys, like, trying to, you know, like, you know, you pointing the other way when you tipped it out of bounds and stuff like that, but it's like you clearly got the guy. It's on camera. Like, you're going to get exposed. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that ending did feel um, very March Madney, Madness esque. Yeah, fit mm -hmm. right in. Yeah, <laughs> just like that Duke game. Yeah, <laughs> a couple oh, minutes ago. Woo! That <laughs> one. But uh, okay, so we're six and one over the last few games. We're three and zero oh since CJ's been out. Uh, there's been a little bit of movement here on the West uh, West Coast stand, uh, standings. We're in fourth, so we got Denver followed by Golden State in second by half a game. Mm -hmm. Then you got the Rockets four games back. We're four and a half games back. And then beneath us is OKC, Utah, and and uh, the Clippers at seven games back, and the Spurs at eight. So it's not settled by any means. We have a pretty easy schedule besides our two Denver games. So that's good. Uh, and I know it's like we, we talk about this every week because <laughs> the playoffs are so important. Oh, yeah. But uh, who do you guys want to see in that first round? Man, for me, it's going to be either the Clippers or Jazz. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I think we could get the Jazz. I think so, know. too. But um, for sure, the Clippers, um, you know, they really don't have a, a go-to star player, per se. I know Lou Will, you know, he come off the bench and, you know, he'll drop 30 on you here and there. But I just don't think that um, they have enough star power to mm -hmm. beat a team like us in that first round. Mm -hmm. But most definitely, I think either the Clippers or the Jazz that we should match up. Yeah, what about you, Wayne? Um, I'm actually thinking the same thing, Clippers or Jazz. Uh, but the, I mean, the Clippers are a bunch of average Joe Schmoes on that team. But they, they but have a, still in the league, yes, though. You know, they, you they're still in the league, so you know, they got, they have they have a lot that they can they can fight for. They they got nothing to lose basically, mm -hmm. and so that can be a little dangerous. And honestly, they can probably take every team here to like six games, and you know, just try to give them a wake up call to every other team. Yeah. Um, for the Jazz, I like the Jazz because um, we can kind of isolate Rudy Gobert. We can figure out a way we can isolate that because I know Stotts has some game plan that he can do. And then the it factor is Donovan Mitchell and Dame. Dame's gonna. Um, Dame's going to outwork Donovan Mitchell. And then our bench is, I think our bench is a lot better than Utah's. So Yeah, and I, I agree with both of you guys. But when it comes to the postseason, you know, you need a go-to guy and you need experience. And the Blazers have both those in Dame and just the experience of everybody as a whole. And that's why I'm really, really suspect on the Denver Nuggets. I know we're not going to see him in the first round, but if we get him in the second round, I we have a I like our chances because... They're a good team. They've got a lot of good players, but they don't have that experience that, that you need to win a, a tough playoff series. And then to flip that with the Clippers, uh, they've got experience with coaching and stuff, but they don't, uh, they don't have that go-to guy. 
Right. Yeah. And the way the way it's laid out right now, as of today, Sunday, you know, Denver's won, like you said. Mm -hmm. And in that second round, we would match up with them if, you know, if we get uh, matched up with uh, Clippers and beat them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I like our chances. If it sticks like this, you know, every morning, you know, the standings change and I'm I'm waking up, I'm getting the notifications. I'm like, all right, what seat are we in? You know, are we third, we fourth, are we fifth? Because this past week, man, it's it's crazy. Like, yeah, I know. Just like two days ago, two days ago, it was Golden State number one and Oklahoma City was eight. And I'm like, can we just lock that in? That's that's the series I want to watch. Yeah. Golden State's actually won now because Denver just lost, got destroyed by the sea. Like it it changes. It changes every minute. The rest of my case. Yeah. So, but no, uh, most definitely, I think uh, Clippers or, or the Jazz, I would like to see us in that first round against. Yeah. Now. Clippers or Jazz, if we're facing either of those teams, let's say we get we get one of the two, you take your pick. Do you want CJ playing at the beginning of the series? Or are you going to let it go a couple games and see how you do? Because That's a good question, but you got to have CJ in there, man. Because you what the thing is, you don't want to get behind the game. Say if they mm-hmm. do, you know, mm-hmm. win the game, you know, still home court advantage or whatever. You don't want to get behind in a playoff yeah. series, you know, because now you're playing catch up. So me personally, if CJ's 100% ready to go, or I'll say even like 80%, like mm-hmm. you just got to have him on the court to have him as an option and like even a decoy of would some you, sort. Would you give him like a limited minutes? Like like keep him in the same role, but, you know, scale him from 30 to 20, 25? Oh, yeah. For sure. You know, I, I want to make that go public or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Keep that with the, yeah. you know, the Blazers organization or whatever. But um, the rate that our bench is, you know, playing, I would – probably you know uh dabble in that a little bit because you know like we said seth he's been stepping up you know mm-hmm. most consistent hood has you know outbursts so I, I think i would do something like that have him on the minutes restriction just to see you know played out yeah i i mean i like the fact that you know you, you're being a little risky but i the long-term effects of maintaining cj's health is keeping me from doing that uh, I know maybe barring that he does get back to 95%, let's mm. say. Um, against the Clippers, I would keep him out for a couple games because uh, it's the Clippers. But uh, the Jazz, I would I would start him um, for the first couple, see mm-hmm. how he is, minute restrictions. Uh, just because, you know, we got to test out that that knee and see how it's going. But, I mean, I just just the whole long-term effects of CJ's health, I would, I would rather just maintain long you know yeah. how we can do in the future but it's a really tricky situation there. yeah but uh it, it makes it even worse right now because it's playoffs if this was in january oh it's yeah like, for sure yeah all right yeah sit him for a month i don't yeah. care they yeah let him get healthy but we've got playoffs in about two and a half weeks we got 10 games left Ooh, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. there it's right around the corner man we got what you want we got what you need so let's uh let, let's pivot here to these upcoming games next week. We've got, what is it, three or four games uh, this week. Where's my schedule? I just lost it. Oh. Yeah, we got Brooklyn tomorrow, Chicago Wednesday, Atlanta Friday, Detroit on Saturday. That's, I mean, Detroit basketball. <laughs> <laughs> took that L yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we just played them. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. The Brooklyn game kind of. It's a little scary, but it's at home, so there's that. Mm. Is there a game, uh, Chris, that sticks out of those four as like maybe a, a potential trap game? 
Um, yeah, probably I'll say Detroit. Okay, because it's a, yeah, back it's, to back. It's a second of a back to back. You know, they're going from Atlanta, then going up to Detroit. Yeah. You know, that could be rough. That could be rough. And it's an early start time, too. So, yeah, those are always weird games. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Detroit's fighting for playoff spots, too, in the East Coast. Exactly. So, um, that with that, I'll say we go three and one this week coming up. Oh, you're, th- you're thinking the Detroit is the one we slip on? I think so, man. Just like I said, it's that back to back and yeah. traveling from Atlanta to Detroit. Like, that's rough right there. Yeah, it is. A, that is kind of a big distance for a back-to-back it is you know you're going like basically east coast to midwest you go you're going southeast to you know, Midwest. usually man, that's like, like new york to philly or something it's like okay right. yeah that's in the same region but that's kind of a distance uh, what are you wang is there one that sticks out to you nope i <laughs> said this before and i'm saying it again the back end of the march we're gonna go undefeated so for now Oh, right. so not the whole, not all of March? Like, no, like no, said. not what Dre said with the, but I mean, we had a good string in March. Um, yeah, 4 0, that's just, even without CJ, we should be able to knock out all these East Coast teams. And we are, I think, 21 in four or five, 23 and four or five or something like that against East Coast teams. So I would think we have the best record out of any Western Conference teams. Yeah, there's, with those four games, like, if I had to, if I had to bet, I would say I would say four and zero. Oh. Uh, but I will say there's two that concern me, and one is the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. At least it's at home, so we have that. But they, you know, they've been playing well of late. You know, they just eliminated the Lakers from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Got to make no. sure we uh, let you guys know about that. <laughs> uh, but then they beat the Kings the game before that. Uh, they played the Clippers tough. They played the Thunder tough in the last you know week. So that could be a potential one. But the other one that, that kind of scares me is Atlanta. And again, they're just kind of gelling late in the season. Mm. You know, you don't look at them as a scary team, but they just beat Utah and they just beat Philadelphia in their last two games. Uh, and those are two quality playoff teams. Mm-hmm. So Trey Young has really come together. Collins is stepping up. Uh, the yeah, the Trey, other Trey, Collins. Trey, Trey, he's trying to... Uh, you know, make a case for rookie of the year. Yeah. So, it, like you say, it, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. Uh, but I, if, like I said, if I had to pick, though, I, I'm not scared enough that I would lock any of those in as a loss. So I'm gonna go four and zero two, and that'd be that would do wonders for our playoff seating. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we got ten games left in the season here, and we are two and a half games up from uh, from the fifth spot. We're in fourth right now, half a game back from the third spot. Mm-hmm. So we could potentially move up, but we could potentially move down if we drop a couple freebies. So 10 games left in the year. Right now, uh, what's, what's our record right now? Uh, 45 and 27? We are 45 and 27. 45 and 27, 10 games left. Wang, what do you think we finished out of those 10 games? I think we're gonna go nine and one. Nine and one. Yes. Ooh. Who's that loss? Um, that lone loss is gonna be one of the games against Denver. Okay. Because we yeah. play Denver back to back, April fifth and then April seventh. Um, so rough. And we're gonna lose that uh, the one away. Okay. And we we played them tough earlier yeah. this year. Actually, no. Scratch that. We're gonna lose that one at home because um, the away game is on ESPN. So Dan's about to show out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, how about you, Chris? 
Man, so ten games. I got I got them losing to Detroit, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, we got Minnesota. That's a dub. Memphis went Oof. in. Oh, no, Memphis will be here. Memphis will be in Portland. But even yeah. then, uh, you know, they always give us fits. Um, but you know, that's going to be a revenge game. So I think I think Blazers will take care of that. Hopefully, we can keep Conley from getting forty again. Exactly, because <laughs> he caught fire against us, man. But um. And then yeah, one of those Denver games, I like I'm I'm agreeing with Wayne, like we'll drop. So I'll say those two losses, two losses in the last ten games. So eight and two. I'm I'm agreeing with you, Chris. Eight and two. I think we're gonna drop one of the Denver games. And I think there's gonna be a weird other letdown. I don't know if it's gonna be Memphis or, you know, Minnesota. Well, I don't know exactly where it's gonna be, but I think there'll be one other. But I do think that we'll split with Denver because you know, two games in a row against the same team mm-hmm. in your division. There's a lot of pride on the line. And a guy like Dame is not going to lose two in a row. So if we lose that first one, we're going to get the second, you know. And if we, win the, if we win the first one, we might still get the second. Who knows? But I think eight and two is a pretty safe bet. The only thing that sucks now that I'm looking at this is our last two games, Tuesday at Los Angeles Lakers, uh, April 9th. And then we have a back-to-back to end the season. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come I mean, on, NBA. Really? Those, those are against two teams. Sacramento is not going to make the playoffs. So those are against two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. So they're yeah. probably going to be shutting down a lot of players. They probably will be, but it's just like you can't give us another a day in there. Right. Or, or even just keep us in Cali, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we, we, what, it's here and then we got to go to, oh, no, it's in L.A. And then we got to fly back to Portland. So. Exactly. Yeah. They, they could have kept us, you know, a weird ending right because the the nba has been really conscious about scheduling you know Mm -hmm. the last few years with like they got rid of like the what was like four games in five days or something Uh, yeah four games in six nights yeah i think we took the worst hit too out of that yeah so they're they're trying to be like more conscious and like helping the players out Mm. but ending the season on a back-to-back that's just dumb that's just (laughs) there's no other way around it uh adam silver man we got a bone to pick about that one man right hit us up blazer gang facebook (laughs) twitter instagram you can find us we'll be around (laughs) but uh that's gonna do it for us today in the studio uh Check out our website, blazergonian.com. We got all our T-shirts and merchandise up there, and our writers are putting up awesome articles. Uh, Like and follow us on all our social medias. Make sure you subscribe and rate us for our podcast on wherever you're listening to it, on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Music. Shout out to Young Jordan for the music uh, for the the podcast. That's Y-U-N-G Jordan. Check him out on Spotify. Uh, Our producer is doing all the hard work. Uh, Derek, Brian, I see you over there. Keep working, big pimping. Uh, Henry V Events for the wonderful studio and Killer Burger for keeping us fueled up. Chris, drop us out. Oh, man. Uh, man you caught me on the spot. But as always, rips the on the ass. <laughs>